guys, welcome to the Short Term Show special episode series on Shenandoah, Virginia. A couple of things I wanna hit you with first before we get into the episodes. One, current purchase prices and current income data can be found on our website at theshorttermshop.com. So make sure you check that out because that can change all the time. Also, if you guys wanna hang out with us and just talk about short-term rental stuff, you can do that with us and 60,000 of our closest short-term rental investor friends at our Facebook group. Same title as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and all of our podcasts if you can, because that really helps us out. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Short-Term Shop YouTube, and then also follow us on Instagram at The Short-Term Shop. And if you're ready to buy a house with us in any of our 20 markets, you can email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com or really any of the avenues that I just gave you. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Short Term Show special episode mini series on the Shenandoah market. So really excited to get started here. And I've got a pretty cool panel here to introduce themselves and I'll let them do that now. Go ahead, Alan. All right. So I'm Alan Taylor. I work with the Short Term Shop. I'm one of their agents here in the Shenandoah. I've lived here in uh, Virginia for the past decade or so. Really love the Shenandoah area. It's so pretty. And um, yeah, you can reach me at uh, Alan at theshorttermshop.com. Also, he has a great, great radio voice. <laughs> All right. And Lindsay, you want to introduce yourself real quick? Sure thing. So I'm Lindsay Siebert. Uh, I'm a host in the Shenandoah Valley. I currently have nine listings active and I've been there for a couple of years. I'm absolutely in love with it. And I'm excited to share with you guys a little bit more about it today. Awesome. Well, let's get started. So today we are going to be talking about the different, like what to buy here. So different areas, different types of properties, amenities, things like that. So first let's start with a breakdown of the area. So talk to me like I have no idea. I've never even looked at this area on a map. I'm brand new, but I heard this might be a great place to invest. So what are the, let's break down the areas. Oh, Alan, you're on mute. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's getting unmuted here. That makes it a little bit better. So yeah, from a geographic point of view, you're talking about areas to the west, about an hour and a half to two hours west of the DC area. So in Virginia, you've got Northern Virginia, which is like Fairfax, Loudoun, and Arlington counties. And then this is to the west. The Shenandoah region encompasses, I mean, you got Shenandoah National Park, which just is like eight or nine different counties. And then the Shenandoah region kind of is sandwiched in between a couple of different mountain ranges. And it touches, like mainly the markets are going to be in uh, like Page County, Shenandoah County, Rockingham County, and a couple of the ones that are bordering that area. But a lot of what's going on here is going to be around the resorts that are in Shenandoah County, Page County, and in Rockingham. So those three counties are kind of the, the what I'm seeing a lot of properties come up as. There are a couple of other nearby areas that also have little clusters of short-term rentals, but mostly the Shenandoah market is uh, kind of bordering the Shenandoah National Park and including Page County, Luray, and uh, down in McGahee'sville, Massanutten, and uh, even Bryce Resort. Yeah, that's a pretty good um, summation. So um, that's basically central Shenandoah Valley, uh, which is also coincidentally where the, some of the best hikes are. So that's where the highest peaks are for the whole park. And that's why a lot of people are accessing the park through um, Thornton Gap, which is... Um, it sits behind Luray and then also um, the Swiffern Gap entrance to the park 
uh, which is the Cetabite Elkton. So pretty much I recommend people kind of look throughout that area and then also near those resorts, the Massanutten, the Bayesia Resort, and all of those. Um, you can go north. It's just the permitting gets tougher. You can also go a little bit east. Permitting gets tougher again. So that's like Madison County, Greene County, and Warren County, Fauquier County. Okay, so that's actually quite a large area of several counties. Uh, is there? Let's talk about the different areas in, in terms of what maybe what types of people are going to each area, or not necessarily what types of people, but are there different things to do in each area that people might be going? I can speak to that pretty well. So um, I will say the DC proper folk sometimes are a little bit afraid to drive very far. They're not huge. And this is a very like drive heavy place. So um, they like to go up north around Front Royal. And that is where Warren County is. It's a little bit tougher for permitting for people looking to buy. Um, but a lot of them do stay up that way. But then a lot of your out-of-state folks or people who maybe didn't grow up in DC, they're perfectly willing to go that extra 30 minutes to get down into the other counties. Um, in terms of different activities, um, skiing is the, the big differentiator between like North, Central and South, because there's only two ski resorts that I know of. There's Bayesee and Massanutten. Um, but pretty much every other area has, has some caverns, has some hiking, whether it's, you know, equal hiking in terms of, you know, um, being a more famous hike it, 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 that may or may not exist in certain areas of the park, but it, they're all there and accessible. So pretty much you can do all the activities since, especially since the river and the mountain range follows this entire region. Um, so there are not only, you know, hiking activities, there are also water activities. Okay. I didn't know there were also water activities. So is there one like central, not, not necessarily central, but more well-known area than others? So for example, like over in the Smokies, everybody's heard the word Gatlinburg, but they might not have heard the word Where's Valley, but that's a great place to invest. Also, uh, so is there like a place that is the most well-known that people kind of think, oh, well, it has to be this town when it doesn't necessarily. Who wants to take that one? I want to see what Alan says before I say anything. Yeah, I'll jump in there. <laughs> so I'm so, biased. Uh, there's not one central place. Every like This area has so many different attractions. I would say that there's not one central place. If you had to pick one central place, I'd say maybe Luray, just because it's it's close to so many attractions. You've got um, Luray Caverns, which is actually a big local attraction. Uh, I mean, you go there and there, you're going to see like a 45 minute to an hour and a half long line sometimes to get in the door there. And then you've got like Luray is also 15 minutes from you know the entrance to Skyline Drive, one of the main thoroughfares through Shenandoah National Park. And you've also got access to the the like the south fork of the shenandoah river which runs right through that valley so you've got proximity to a lot of different things but again like these resorts out here bryce resort massanet resort wintergreen resort they're all all season resorts so they've got stuff going on during the winter time they've got stuff going you know going on during spring and summer you know obviously wintertime activity snowboards you know snowboarding skiing ice skating sometimes even in some of these resort activities uh, areas and yeah you've got a, a, a large variety of stuff and then there's also vineyards and uh, wineries in the area that, you know, attract people during the off season as well. Okay. So is there, let's talk about price. Are there any areas that are cheaper, more expensive? Why are they cheaper or more expensive? And, um, in terms of just better places to buy, like what, if I'm, you know, about to buy something, 
what what are you directing? So yes, there's a variety of pricing and it changes a little bit from place to place. And also um, in terms of you know going and turning around and renting it out, there's also different different areas that have different price ranges. So um, I will say further north, they're typically more expensive. So the Warren County, Fauquier County, um, I think just because of the proximity to DC, that real estate's more expensive. And then as you go south and then start to wander east, you get closer to Charlottesville. So that actually also increases the property values quite a lot, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the nightly rates are going to be higher. So um, a lot of the times I would encourage folks to look, you know, don't necessarily think right off the bat, if you're spending $400,000 versus $200,000 that you're going to be making more than the person who bought a $200,000 house. If you're offering similar amenities, you don't even need to necessarily be a similar size. It really is just like how, how well curated is your listing and your photos and, you know, all of that, basically how, how well are you doing at sales? That's really going to be like the driver of your revenue versus I bought here. This is like the spot. People do like to be close to the park entrances, but I have some that are further out and people still sometimes are a little bit surprised because they don't realize how, how expansive the area is as we mentioned. Um, but then they're usually happy anyway. All right. Well, good to know. So let's, let's talk about different types of properties. So what types of properties typically do the best here? Are we talking about it needs to be like a cabin aesthetic? Can it be another type of single family? Uh, let's start there. So I'll jump in here really quick. I would say it depends on the area. Like if you're really close to Shenandoah National Park or up on the hills, uh, it does help to have a cabin looking property in some areas, uh, like in Northern Page County, if you're gonna be close to like Rileyville, there's a lot of properties up there that have a lot of cabin looking feel. But if you get closer to some of these resorts, like you know, Bryce Resort, Nessa Nutton, um, you're gonna you're gonna see houses and rentals that look a lot like what you might find in an urban neighborhood in some cases. Um, lots of drywall inside does not need to have like looking look and feel of a cabin in many cases, but it's not gonna hurt you either. Uh, so having that look and feel for lots of the areas in this, it, it, having that log cabin look and feel is gonna help you, but it's not an, a necessary thing. Um, if you have a couple of touches here and there that kind of are suggestive of that, you know, the theme, I think you're gonna do well. Uh, river properties uh, along the South Fork of the, or South or North Fork of the Shenandoah River are, again, gonna be more situationally dependent. Um, you know, certain communities do have a log cabin looking field. Some of these are, are not really what you would call, they don't look as much like a log cabin as what you would find in this mode. I'll put it that way. Lindsay, I don't know what you, you'd say here. I would second that. Um, there are some of the log cabin look. There's some really big lodges you can rent in the area that are beautiful. Um, and those do drive a lot of folks. Um, but I think they could look different and still have that same size and attract folks. As long as they had a high quality of design and also um, a view or something else to offer a nice yard, you know, where your kids can run around or your dogs. A lot of people travel with animals. Um, so I think it's less dependent on, you know, having that log look and more of, did you come in and zhuzh up the house to look nice? Um, you can appeal to the, um, the farmhouse look. A lot of houses are, throughout the valley, they're not a cabin, but they are very farmhouse-esque and, you know, modern farmhouse is still really hot style for a lot of folks. So people are in love with that and they'll come and visit there. And those are even some of the houses in town. They don't have, they don't have a huge yard. They have not a log in sight, um, but you'll still get people in as long as you, you know, cover some of those base amenities. We kind of touched on that a little bit, I think at some point, um, but that that's where it really becomes important. Do you have what people are looking for? Awesome. Awesome. 
So Alan, I'm going to, I'm going to pause this real quick. Your earpiece thing is real echoey. So I think maybe if you take it out and just use the, whatever's on your computer, I think that might help. So it's using a different microphone here. Uh, I'm just using this for, for sound here. Let me see if I can change things up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like echoey and, and kind of going in and out. Um, so yeah, it might just be like a mic configuration thing. Like, it, oh, lost you. Change it on the Zoom preference. Because uh, there, mine will do that and sound like that. Like if I'm using my AirPods uh, as headphones, so I think it's just like a quick fix. Oh, wait, uh, you're muted. Is this any better? Uh, it is better, but now there's like a lot of background noise, like white noise kind of. Yeah. But yeah, you're not echoing anymore. Uh, what mic are you using? Uh, that was a webcam mic. Now I'm trying to use a headset mic. Like the oh, mic. that actually is really good. Uh, talk for a minute. All right, just testing the sound here. This is from the headphone mic. Is this uh, going to yeah, work? That's, that's great. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. The other one was like really sensitive or something, I think. But uh, yeah, perfect. So, okay. all right, we will start again. So we just talked about types of properties. All right, so starting again at 1015, Shay. Um, okay, so you can have, it doesn't have to, to be a cabin aesthetic. I know there's like some kind of farmhousey type properties around there. Does that work as long as it's kind of the rustic vibe or does it really need to be like sort of cabin-esque? No, it doesn't have to be cabin-esque at all. And farmhouse is actually something you can lean into very heavily. A lot of people still really like that thanks to, you know, Chip and Joanna really touting that style for a few years. So you can lean into the rustic look or the more modern clean farmhouse look and you can sell it well either way. I think it's more of, you know, did you stage it well? Did you get quality photos? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, this is John Denver country. He wrote the song, My Country Roads, about this area. And so, you know, the country roads take me home. Yeah, you can lean into the the rustic look and do really well out here. And there's lots of space out here. Like this is the, and part of this is going to be in like the Virginia Piedmont. So you can get some really good views in like agro-tourism areas and, and really do well with that. Okay. Awesome. And is everything pretty much single family? Are there townhomes? Are there condos? Or is everything pretty much a single family property? I would say that's probably also location dependent. So in the, like, the resort areas, you're going to find more like condos and stuff like that. Uh, ski condos, ski chalets, you know, smaller properties that, you know, seem to do all right. But away from the resorts, I would say it's mostly single family homes is what I'm seeing. Lindsay, how about you? Yeah, definitely much stronger lean into the single family home. The only exception in the towns would maybe be some of the loft apartments over the storefronts, which are very, very cute, you know, coffee shops, bookstores, that kinds of thing. Um, but aside from that, it's primarily just single family homes. Okay. And are there a lot of, Alan, you said resort style areas. So are there a lot of areas that have like HOAs and things like that? Or is it mostly uh, like rural, not so much HOA? 
So HOA is going to be much more common in the resort areas, like close to Bryce Resort, close to Massanutten, Wintergreen. Most of those are going to be in HOAs, and especially if it's like a condo, it's, it's almost a given. Uh, that's not always a negative. Uh, I would say the HOAs around here can oftentimes make the life of a host a little easier just because they take care of road maintenance, they take care of garbage, all that kind of stuff. And here in Virginia, um, unless the HOA specifically says you cannot use it as a short-term rental, uh, the Virginia Supreme Court, I think in 2007, said that unless it's specifically prohibited, um, that you should be able to use it. Now, most of the HOAs around here are pretty friendly to short-term rentals anyways, and you're not going to run into an issue with that. But it's definitely something to be aware of and something you want to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. You always want to check out the HOA restrictions, period. Even if there are other rentals in the neighborhood, don't just take that at face value. Always check the restrictions. Uh, so you mentioned Bryce Resort several times. So for those who aren't familiar with the area, what is that? So Bryce Resort is, it's actually really close to West Virginia, the state. Um, it gets kind of confusing. We talk about Western Virginia and then West Virginia, the state. This is actually really close to the border with West Virginia. And it's uh, kind of west of Mount Jackson. And the closest community that they, I guess, would claim is called Basie, B-A-S-Y-E. And it's a it's a resort that has like lots of wintertime activities, you know, ski slopes and that kind of thing, mountain biking, downhill biking in the summer. But they've also got, you know, like from some fairly decent golf courses uh, that they built in there. So it, it attracts a wide variety of people. And they've even got like a little airstrip so people can fly in their small plane to, to come land there from D.C. So it, it, it's it's got a, a variety of attractions and they are really um, leaning. And so they built a new ski lodge this year, uh, the, the past couple of years, and they're really, there's a lot of new builds going in there. So it seems like an area that's kind of just getting discovered and starting to, to build out a little bit more. Okay. And are there any other like resort areas like that around? You mentioned a couple ski resorts. So what are those? And if you want to be near the skiing, where are you buying? So Bryce Resort and Massanutten are probably the ones that are the, the bigger ones. Wintergreen is also a an all-season resort, so they do skiing and snowboarding during the wintertime. Uh, a lot of these places, even if there's not snow during the snow season, they have snow generators. They'll fire up for that, or snow machines. Uh, but yeah, Bryce and Massanutten are probably the bigger ski attractions. And then Wintergreen is, is also, it's not as big as the other ones, but it's also a fairly decent attractor. One thing I want to add on to that, um, for Massanutten specifically, if you want to be um, categorized, if you're Airbnb specific, if you're hosting a lot in Airbnb, as long as you're about 15 to 20 minutes away from the ski resort, your house will pop up on the ski category. So um, that encompasses like nearby towns like Harrisonburg, McGackiesville, Shenandoah. It might touch Elkton, um, but definitely Shenandoah. So that's something to keep in mind as well so that you you don't have to be right up in the resort. Um, where, you know, you might not love the, the, those housing types. They're more neighborhood-esque. They're kind of on top of each other. Um, so if you want something, the off, a little bit of a different offering, but still cata uh, capitalizing on those ski town feel, then you can just go within like 15, 20 minutes. All right. Awesome. So those are the areas you want to be really for skiing. What about, is, does that differ if you're more into hiking or maybe you're coming more for water activities or the caverns? Are there areas that are better for that specifically than others? Caverns specifically, uh, most people think of Luray, like probably 9.9 .9 out of 10. Uh, Luray is definitely the most famous and that's what people know who are not in the local area. So, you know, I get a, actually have a home on booking.com. So I get international travelers coming in a lot to my Luray home. 
constantly. And uh, I have the feeling that they actually don't love vocabulary. So they don't like the international travelers don't like the cabin aesthetic, you said. I think that there's a a subset of people that I didn't realize existed until I started marketing to them um, that, yeah, they they maybe want to be in town. They like the comforts of, of the in town, but they want to be able to explore nature, but leave it at the end of the day. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So anything, nothing. So we talked about caverns, anything water specific? Yeah. So there are several uh, river outfitter companies that'll, you know, pick you up at one location, give you a little bit of training and set you loose with whatever you've rented, like a kayak or um, some people do tubing. Um, And those are really, really popular activities during the summer. You can also do a little bit of fishing. It's not a huge fishing river, but I see people out and about on fishing kayaks and trying to do fly fishing all the time. All right, cool. A lot of people love love fly fishing and they think you have to go to like Montana or Wyoming to do it, but you can in the Appalachian mountains, Appalachian mountains. I get, I feel like I get corrected whichever way I say it. So I'm just going to say it both ways. Um, all right, let's move on to amenities. So what are some, are there any amenities that you kind of have to have across the board just to be competitive with your neighbors? Yes. I would highly, highly encourage people to have a hot tub. Um, I think that you will still get bookings throughout most of the year, but you're not going to be able to charge as much. You're not going to be as busy as your neighbors who have hot tubs. And most people do, um, fire pits are a close second. I don't think that a fireplace can, or a fire pit can replace a hot tub, but it's definitely a huge, nice, nice to have and something that people are seeking out. Um, and then in terms of any other amenities, uh, if you have a fenced yard or a large enough yard for pets, allowing pets kind of as an amenity is something that people are really looking for. Um, and aside from that, it's more of a location. Okay. Do you find that properties with views are more attractive to renters than properties without views? Yes. Yes. I would definitely say that Properties with views, I think, could command a higher price. I don't know that they're necessarily occupied more, but they definitely, you know, you get that that shot that people are looking for and you're going to be booked steady. Okay. So if I can get a view, I, I want to get one, but it's not necessary. No, I think as long as you can show that the property at least has, you know, um, either walkable in town or the far opposite and that it's very much out of town and looks isolated, even if it doesn't have a view and, you know, they're going to have that nice time being alone in the woods or something like that, then they'll be more than happy without the view. Okay. That makes sense. So you really kind of need to have a hot tub to be on par with everybody else. You want to have a view if you can get it. This is pretty, pretty standard mountain market stuff. Um, Let's talk about pools. Are there any properties? Is it common at all to see pools in these properties or is that something that's really not common? There are not many rentals in the area or any houses period in the area that have like in-ground or above-ground pools. They're just not very common. And I think that's, I've almost was going to host one with another person who has a pool and I was very excited to, you know, get my hands wet, pun intended with that, (laughs) um, just because no one's doing it really. Um, but I don't see them. So that would be a way to, to kind of create a next level property is to either find one with a pool or add a pool or something like that, because there's just not any in the market. 
Okay. Yeah. Next to none. Okay. So would you guys say, would it be fair to say that because the aesthetic of properties in this market aren't always the most updated, that if you're an investor who's maybe used to a really, really high volume, high caliber operator market, like say in Orlando or a Scottsdale or a Smokies, where you really have to have a super property, like it has to be uh, something that's really set apart from the others, like Orlando's big on theming, uh, now in the Smokies, and then also like in Scottsdale, since I mentioned that, you have to make sure that you're very, very updated. So no laminate countertops, no carpet, everything has to look very, very nice and new. Would you say that if you took the principles that you've learned from managing a property in those types of markets and moved it over and use apply those principles here that you would kind of be head and shoulders above the rest of the listings. Yeah. Yeah. I can go ahead. Thanks. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, I can definitely speak to that. Um, you certainly would be. And in this market, there's still room for that kind of in between. And actually, I'm going to refer to something that I heard you say on a podcast once, you know, that you didn't over improve a property like immediately as soon as you got it, because you didn't have the budget at the time. So I think the nice thing about Shenandoah is that if you are that investor who you already have properties in Scottsdale and Miami, and like that's the level that you're at, you can come in and like outplay all of us basically in the Valley because you're going to be swinging with a lot more cash. But if you are a newer investor, it's still a market where you can enter and, you know, have that still like approve the aesthetics, really lean into like whatever the natural aesthetic of the home is, whether it's a cabin or a farmhouse or an old craftsman home in town. Like you lean into that, make it well-designed, give them good amenities. But then the main, you don't have to go like above and beyond. Like I have, you know, some ugly kitchens and, and houses that we just painted and made it at least have a nice color overall in the room. And you can, you can still uh, swing and can be very competitive at that level. So um, yes, head and shoulders above for, for sure if you have the budget to do that nice new complete reno feel or new construction, um, but it is a good rookie market as well. That's good to know because it is the price point, and we'll talk about this more in a different episode, but the price point there is better than a lot of markets to get into. So that's nice to know if you truly are trying to get in on a budget that Shenandoah is a place that you can buy a property for less than other comparable markets, but then also um, not have to just completely gut renovate the whole thing right out of the gate. You can start making some money and get rolling and kind of slowly update as you go to get it to that level that you want it to be to where you are, you know, playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers in the market. So do we see many properties that have pools here or is that not a thing whatsoever? I'm not seeing as many. Yeah, I'm not seeing as many properties with pools. That is kind of a newer thing. And the the properties that do have pools are they seem to book out pretty well. So it seems like that could be an up and coming thing. There's a lot of people are going to be trying that. It seems like uh, hot tubs very common, uh, but pools uh, not as common. You're going to find that more commonly in like you know Airbnbs that are closer to like a, a city center, like you know Luray or Stanley or Shenandoah. You're going to find more properties that might have pools closer in, but up on the hillsides, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit more difficult to put in a pool, and so. It's it's not as big a thing. And like it's in the Smokies, you're going to find, you know, places that have like indoor pools, not so common out here. And if they do have a pool, it's probably going to be an outdoor one. And, and it's probably going to be in like a neighborhood. But if you have the option to put one in, if there's a, a property you find that has a pool, uh, definitely don't pass it up. Don't don't uh, dismiss that just because nobody else has one. That might be a big distinguishing factor for you. Okay, cool. So there's no pools in this market. So that might be a good way to to do something a little bit different from everybody else. So I know we have kind of touched on this already, but are there any other amenities that 
you either a have to have to be on a level playing field with everyone. I mean, you mentioned hot tub or anything that we might not be thinking of that you kind of have to have to bump that income up in this market. Yeah. So hot tub is necessary. I have, you know, several properties listed and there's one without a hot tub and you can see it kind of struggling behind all my other properties. So I would say I always encourage, you know, clients when they come to talk to me that hot tub, they're always, you know, if they're on the fence, they're like, oh, I know they're a lot of work and they're really expensive. I'm like, it is so worth it. It will definitely keep you occupied. You may not have like a huge spike in the ADR just because they are so common. So you're going to be about where everyone else is, but it's going to keep you at a higher occupancy. And then um, I would say another thing is just general, nice outdoor space. People come out of the city to come to Shenandoah to have an outdoor experience. So you do need like a nice patio or a fire pit or, you know, some nice outdoor games, a grill is a really big one. Um, those are all pretty basic, but they're still very essential. Yeah. I would yeah. back that up. I, I think that's great. Uh, that's great feedback there. And I think I would echo what she says, like, you know, the hot tub is very nice, but as far as other amenities, it really is property dependent. Pay attention to where your property is. Like if it's a riverfront property, you can add like kayaks and canoes and stuff like that. If you want to, you know, paddle boards, stuff that they can take out on the river, that would be a nice value add for them. And like what you said about like, you know, nice areas like grills. I just looked at this property that had this three acre spread right on the Shenandoah River. You know, the house is, you know, built up on the hill away from a floodplain, but they have this like nice screened in patio porch down there at a deck on the river and lots of space for people to put out, you know, like a shade structure or something like that to have kind of like a little, you know, family get together. Stuff like that is going to go a long way. And if you can plan your amenities around that, you know, like yard games and stuff like that, definitely pay attention to where you are and and build your amenities accordingly. And it, it pe the people will come. Yeah, I like that. Build your amenities accordingly for, for what you've, you know, for, for the property that you have. Uh, do we see many HOAs around here? Sorry to switch gears kind of quickly, but are most properties not in an HOA? Are there HOAs or the HOAs? friendly to STR? What does that situation look like? So I have seen uh, several HOAs. Most of the HOAs, especially in like Page County, are going to be fairly friendly to short-term rentals. It's still something to keep in mind, but Page County is kind of branding itself as the cabin capital of Virginia. So their economy really uh, does depend a lot on tourism and they're embracing a lot of short-term rental hosts as a result. Uh, but do pay attention to that. There are a couple neighborhoods in Page, in Page County, particularly, and in other counties nearby that, you know, they, they might have, you know, some strange rules about, you know, short-term rentals. There's one particular HOA that I'm aware of that has a, a rule in place um, that you can only rent for periods of seven days or longer. And so it looks like they're trying to move towards like midterm or long-term rentals. But if you look in that neighborhood on Airbnb, there are properties there. So there, I mean, it's, it's a risk you have to you be aware of, definitely be aware of that. Uh, look into the HOA documents here in Virginia. They are now required to disclose like a 26 point list about HOAs. Definitely come through that with a fine, go through that with your attorney if necessary. But most, most HOAs in this area, I'm finding are pretty, pretty friendly to, you know, to short-term rental. So it's not a deal breaker. Lindsay, I don't know if you have input on that. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off a little bit there. So a lot of them in the central area of Shenandoah are pretty friendly to it. If you go further north, the HOAs start to be a little bit less friendly. Um, and I can't speak as much to the South, but I think there, there's a little, it's a mix of both. 
Um, I would say the one thing to keep in mind is that in some of these locations, the HOA is going to restrict you from being able to build an additional unit where in a lot of places uh, in the Central Valley, especially, you are able to build a second unit on your property if you you can perk for it and you have all this, the proper setbacks. So obviously, anytime you can turn a property from make one income stream into two, we want to do that. So I would keep that in mind that you may be able to do it according to the county, but the HOA may restrict you further. So you may only have that one rental on that property, even if you have five beautiful acres. So as with anything, always, always, always make sure you're doing your due diligence. If it's an HOA, even if it's not in an HOA, make sure there are like, if, if it's not an HOA, but it's still a group of cabins, like a neighborhood, there can sometimes be deed restrictions, which are there's not an HOA, but there are deed restrictions. So it's a different thing. So you want to make sure that you're checking all of those things because you don't want to ever get caught with, you know, having missed something after closing. So due diligence is always key anywhere you're buying, not just here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, are there any, it's typically everything around here is going to be a single family, right? Do we see condos or townhomes much? There are condos, uh, but they're closer to the resort area. So we're talking like Bryce Resort, Massanut Resort, Wintergreen Resort. Those are the all-season resorts. And those are the only places that I have really seen condos that would have any appeal as far as short-term rental goes. Um, they are, most of them are like built in the 80s, you know, 70s and 80s. They are just somewhat viable. I mean, they're they're worth looking at, but um, I would I would not say that they are the, the biggest draw to the areas. Most of the people, like especially if you're going to like Massanutten Resort, where there are condos, there are also single family homes and they are, they're nice and they're, they're well-appointed, well-designed for, you know, short-term rental. So they're, you're going to be competing against that. And it's not to say that they, they won't rent out. Um, but those are the areas where I'm mostly seeing condos. I'd also add that in some of the downtown areas, there's commercial buildings that have retail on the first floor and then residential above. And some of those are really, really successful. Uh, one of that comes to mind is a coffee shop in Luray has an apartment uh, Airbnb above it that does really well. It's super cute. Great location. I wish it was mine. <laughs> uh, but there's more opportunities like that in some of the, the historic downtowns as well. Yeah, that's a good point, Leslie. I like the downtown areas. Um, people often look at it as like, well, it's not up in the mountains or it's not a cabin or it doesn't have this like mountain view. It, that's not necessarily a down, uh, like a, a negative factor here because you're going to be close to so many things. Like if you're in downtown Luray, you're like 10 minutes drive from Thornton Gap. You're going to be like, you know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes to Massanutten and then like the indoor outdoor water park there. Uh, you're like 10 minutes drive max to the Shenandoah River. So many different things that you're going to be close to, you know, and Luray Caverns right there in town that you're going to be close to. So having a like a property in downtown is not necessarily a bad thing because you can still find like a cute like historic place or like just a, I don't know, just a, a nice niche downtown that would be really attractive to people. So yeah, if you spot an opportunity like that, don't just pass it up because you think it's it's in downtown. Yeah, I agree with that. Sometimes there can be some cool opportunities like that. Like I, this building that I'm in right now is a multi-use got my office on the bottom floor. We've got a short-term rental condo upstairs. So those can be that you will need a different kind of financing for those. You'll need commercial usually. And sometimes it can be kind of hard to find. Like even this building that's in a mixed use development, it took me a little time to find a local lender who would, who would do it. So if you find something like that, you're probably going to have to call around a little bit, but definitely don't, don't rule it out just because the first lender says, Hey, we don't do that because they can be really good opportunities. Uh, and they can be good opportunities because some investors are too lazy to call until they find a lender that says yes, and they'll just write it off immediately. So uh, you can get good deals that way. 
Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked in the last month and a half, like, hey, why isn't this selling? Why isn't this selling? As though there's like some stigma attached to the property. I'm like, it may just be because somebody else is not willing to do the footwork or the homework to get this, you know, to the point where it would, you know, pencil out. And so don't don't necessarily look at like the time on market as like something's wrong with the property. The thing that's wrong with the property, maybe it hasn't found the right buyer yet. And if you can find out like, you know, the right financing and you've got a vision for it. That this may be the right property for you, and it may be to your advantage that it's been on the market for a long time. So yeah, don't don't just look at time in the market as like yeah, there's something wrong with the property. Uh, you might be the right answer to that. Totally agree with that. I like the way you put that. You might be the right answer to that property. That property is waiting for you. Um. Okay, guys. So I think we've pretty much covered everything in terms of what to buy here. Is there anything that you feel like we might not have touched on that the listeners would benefit from hearing? I can't think of much else. Uh, the Shenandoah is just such a huge place. There's going to be so so many different kinds. Don't get stuck on like a single buy box. Like don't get stuck on, I just need a cabin in the Shenandoah. Keep your mind open because there's lots of options. I mean, it takes me three and a half hours to drive from the top of the Shenandoah down to the, down to the bottom. And there's different markets all along the way. There's riverfront, there's mountainside, there's the resort, then there's a, a cute downtown and other stuff. So there's, there's something for everybody here. Don't get stuck on one. Stay open for options and the right one will come to you. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming. Uh, listeners, if you are ready to buy with Alan in Shenandoah, you can email him at alan at the shorttermshop.com. It's A-L-A-N. Uh, if you just want to learn more, there's a few ways you can do that. Maybe you're not ready to jump right in yet. You can join our Facebook group. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same title as my book. Or we have a weekly live Q&A with myself and Luke. You can sign up for that at strquestions.com. And Luke and I just started uh, two new things where you can do a one-on-one with us while we are on a run or a walk. Luke is running. I'm walking because he's the marathoner. I'm just trying to lose the baby weight. Uh, But you can sign up to speak to either of us at lukeruns.com, L-U-K-E-R-U-N-S, or talktoavery.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll catch you later.